20 after 9, you're live on The Talking Point again. We'll be taking your calls on 011-714-2006. Of course, you can talk about whatever it is you want to put on the agenda or even respond just to some of uh, the topics that we have been discussing on the show so far. So let's talk then about the voters and the voters' role and what that currently looks like, um, specifically zoning in on some of the differences that we are seeing, whether it is gender-specific differences, men and women, or even young and old. What are the registrations telling us? Professor Amanda Hos is a distinguished professor of political science who specializes in gender politics at Stellenbosch University. Professor Hose, good morning to you and thank you for your time today. Good morning. So let's talk then about what at least we know in terms of the latest registration figures and, uh, you know, the demographics that are given by the IEC. I'm actually uh, on on that page now looking at it. And the one thing that one sees, uh, Professor Hose, is that overall you have 55%, 55 55.17% of women um, that are currently represented in the voters' role, and only 44.83% of men. It's almost a 10% di- difference there. Yes, um, that's very interesting, but this is also the case on the national level when we have national elections. So more women register than men, and uh, more women vote uh, than men. Uh, the reason for that is, is un- unclear, because it seems that women... Um, show an interest in politics and and also in the procedural dimension of politics. That means to to register and to to go and vote. But what it is that deter men from registering is is unclear. Mm. It's interesting because when we look at who dominates politics in this country, at least at a leadership level, it's mostly men. Absolutely. And if we come down to the local government level, this is the level where service delivery happens. So it's very close to people. And here women are very often uh, the ones who are disproportionately affected by the lack of, for example, water, electricity, sanitation. So and because that's they they work in the homes where you need these basic services. So it seems that women want to vote um, in order to get better service delivery. Uh, But the the ones in um, leadership positions are men. And if we look at the electoral system on the local government level, Mm. where you have um, a ward system and a list system, it seems that when women, as for example, stand as candidates in wards, they don't get elected because they directly compete with men. And there is a perception on, on, a, on a very sort of basic level that men are better political leaders um, than, than women. And, and we've recently done a survey asking, uh, you know, on, on cultural attitudes towards politics, mm. asking that question, do you think men are better, make better political leaders than women? And both men and women think that men make better political leaders. Any particular reasons why that is the view? 
Well, I think that's based on the very stereotypical role division that we see. You know, the the divide, what we call the divide between the public and the private sphere, where the public is politics and and labour and economics, and the private sphere is the home and care and uh, you know looking after children and mm. so on. Mm. That's normally assigned to women. So so it's traditionally men who were leaders in the public sphere. But that has changed dramatically over the last few decades um, in democratic societies, where we've seen that women can be political leaders. And the ANC has a 50% quota for women. So why is it the case that, that this quota is not enforced? You know, through what we call a zebra list, where every second name is the name of a woman. So women do get into politics through through the list system, but the ward system seems to be quite difficult. So, Professor Hosa, how do we then reconcile the activism about getting more women in leadership? And I think that really happens across the board, regardless of which political organization we're talking about, versus the fact that ultimately it is more women than that vote and you know many of these women are are voting men into these positions of power so does it mean that the majority of people don't necessarily share the view of of this debate of having more female leaders or how how can we be interpreting that well i think we need to understand the role that political parties play parties Mm. are the ones that mobilize that have campaigns and that have manifestos and unless they actually single out gender issues, which they rarely do, I mean, we've done uh, analysis of the last election, local government election, there was very little that sort of, you know, puts gender uh, in, in the mani- manifestos. So if, if women do not see other women making a difference in terms of policy, it doesn't really matter who they vote for. And this is the problem that we don't see when women get into local government, that they can make a difference. And that not, may not be their fault. I mean, it's the way that the political system is set up. Mm. It's the way that they enter normally in, in uh, minority numbers. So they have to cope with a patriarchal culture where men are in positions to, uh, to take the, the serious decisions. And, and and they overrule women's uh, decisions or they actually just don't pay any attention to gender. And women are too, uh, you know, they don't have, they don't feel that they have a voice to raise those issues. And it then looks to the outside as though women really don't make a difference. So it doesn't matter whether you, you vote for a man or a woman. And I think this is the issue. Now, on the local government election, at least you you have on that ballot the names of your candidates uh, and the names of independents. So it may also benefit women, you know, women or, or all people when they go to the polls and they look at the ballot list mm. to look at who who are the women and, and whether they actually feel that they can vote for them, even if they're independents. Because if we continuously vote in the same party with the same very bad service delivery track record, we're going to get more of the same. So it's up to the voters to actually say, and I mean, I hear people saying this, we want to vote because we want to vote out all these very bad councillors. But then they need to do it at the at the polls and on the ballot. And, you know, you can't just go in there and vote for the same old party that's going to give you the same bad service delivery.
I suppose it, it will also be interesting, Amanda Host, to be able to look then post the elections where the majority of female voters give or lend their vote and who they lend their vote to. Yes, and I mean, the, those um, uh, analysis are sometimes quite difficult to do because mm. uh, we don't ask people their gender, you yeah. know, when they go to, to vote. But we can see it in the aggregate numbers. And, and, you know, we can know from how many women are registered to see whether they make a difference. Um, and, and I think it will be really interesting to look at this post this election because I think this is such a fluid mm. election. You know, people are are angry and they're angry for mainly with all the political parties, not only one specific party or the ruling party. They just fed up with party politics. And and what we've seen is that in this past weekend it was younger women. So there are young women who are quite outspoken, who have a voice and who are who are tired of this type of politics. So maybe they do make a difference. So I think the analysis post the election will be really interesting. Professor Amanda Hose, I'm just going to ask you to stay on the line for me a little bit longer. I would like to continue this conversation with you. She's a distinguished professor of political science and specializes in gender politics at the Stellenbosch University. So, yeah, there you have it. Um, currently, the, the numbers in terms of people registered to vote, the women sitting at 55.17%, men 44.83%. It's almost a 10% uh, difference there in terms of um, registrations, valid registrations that count. What drives this? So, and I'd love to hear from women. You know, you guys are the ones that are driving politics in this country. The numbers speak for themselves. Um, and yet, you know, you don't often see this even reflected in how the conversations are being shaped and who is shaping those conversations. I'll take your calls on 011-714-2006. Luanda Maumet, it's 9.30. Good morning to you. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation with uh, Professor Amanda Hose. We're looking at those that have been registered to vote in this upcoming local elections. We're, we're taking, of course, specifically zooming in on the gender how how do how do the numbers look in terms of male uh, voters registered versus the number of female uh, voters that have been registered and we're also looking at the voters role before we get to the voters role professor host do we know what women prioritize when they are voting so what are they really voting along in terms of policy what do they want to see well, if we look at local government level, then it's very often what we call basic needs issues. So that's, you know, water, sanitation, access to electricity, access to health services, um, roads, transport, and so on. So these are things that actually your local government is supposed to provide for you. But we know from, uh, you know, the, the Auditor General's uh, reports that most uh, local governments get qualified audits, which means money is either misappropriated or it's it's frivolously spent on things that are not a service delivery, so that people have very bad service delivery, especially in rural areas. So, so the, the, the issue is just for better service delivery, and, and I mean that's not such a difficult thing to do if you have a functioning local government. 
When we look at the voters' role overall, you know, some economists have been punching the numbers and as far as new voters registered versus those who would have already fallen off the voters' role. And there are suggestions that the voters' role this year is likely to be smaller than what it has been previously. Yes, well, I, I think there are still many uh, people who are not registered. And, and we have to remember that we, South Africa has a very young population. Mm. About 50% of our population is under the age of, of 25. So so we have a whole new cohort of people who've turned 80, 18 coming onto the voters' roll. But if they don't register, of course, they, they can't vote. Now, I think, you know, the issue of turnout in, in other words, how many people go to vote is very important. And we know it's it's much lower for local government than for national government. So, mm. you know, the last local was about 58%. So when it falls below 50%, then, you know, more people uh, do not vote than people who vote. And that has very serious implications for the legitimacy of your of your government. So, so it, you know, people really have to, to think about Registering, and I think people. Well, I hear many people say that you know they're so fed up with politics they don't want to vote. The point is, if you don't vote, you are actually helping other parties to win the election because if you if you don't vote, it doesn't count anything. Mm. But women, as a group, has the power to swing an election. And what I mean by that is, if women vote, you know, for the same party or for the same candidate as a group, because they are in the majority, they can actually swing an election. Mm. They can actually determine who wins. But we know people don't vote according to gender. But it would benefit people to think about this for a bit, whether, you know, they actually want some, you know, change in service delivery and whether they see somebody that they think is competent on that that ballot uh, when they go So ultimately, the future of the politics of this country, if we were really strategic about it, could lie in the hands of women. In in some ways, it already does. Absolutely. And I've said that, and other analysts have said it about the, the, the national election, right, where it is actually easier to swing an election because you vote for a party, you don't vote for a candidate. Mm. Um, but, of course, it didn't happen because we're not strategic about it. And, and this is the thing about, you know, blind party loyalty versus thinking that my vote makes a difference and I'm going to use my vote to force my party to rethink the bad service delivery. That's the difference between loyalty to a party and, and using your vote strategically. Professor Amanda Host, let me thank you so much for your time this morning. A distinguished professor of political science and she specializes in gender, gender politics at Stellenbosch University. So there